The following production is part of the We Be Geeks podcast collective. All this has happened before. Hey kids, Townsend Coleman here, the voice of Michelangelo from the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Tom Kane, this is the voice of Yoda on Star Wars. Hey yo, it's Wobat, and a big yee-haw to you all. I used to be Luke too. Hi, my name is Oli Shoshan. I play Jedi Master Shakti. Hi, Butch Patrick here, Eddie Munster. Hi, this is Jim. Hi, this is Bill Farmer. You're listening to the Neverland Podcast. Welcome to Neverland, to Disney and beyond. And it will all happen again. And now your head lost boy, the Spider Pan. Walk on the eyes of East Pan. Jeremy. Hey, it's another week, which means it's time for. Well, guess what? <laughs> I, I had a weekly show again for a little bit. Now, I don't know if I'll have a show next weekend, but we'll see how things kind of pan out. Ha, <laughs> see, I used to pan in there. That was funny. That's the joke, son. They're just flying right by you. You keep me. Okay, never mind. It wasn't that funny. But anyways, I'm back for another week because we have part two of our fun conversation with Virginia Hankins, and I wanted to be able to share it with you this week. Plus, how could I not have something out? I feel like it's a requirement because we celebrated 65 years of Disneyland this week. So we're gonna not only hear from Virginia Hankins, we are also, I'm still at the, at the point of this recording, I haven't decided what I wanna share for being 65 years of Disneyland. I, Cause you know, everybody's gonna be talking about it. And I'm sure you've got like five other Disney shows that you listen to uh, on your, whatever program you're listening with. So I'm like, well, I, I wanna do something different. So I'm going to pick out some fun audio. Eric is even actually this weekend, he went uh, to Walt Disney World uh, so he's probably going to bring us back some more fun audio. He tried to get some video of something, but he couldn't send it to me uh, over Facebook and everything. But he got video of the uh, the dwarves mine ride, I believe is what he was telling me. So he's been apparently having a good time. He showed me some footage. I uh, got to got to look at you know the new castle. And I am kind of wondering if it really looks any better in person. And it's kind of like yeah, it's okay, you know, but. You know, there's still a lot of mixed feelings about what the uh, the new paint job on the castle. I gotta say, I really like the royal blue, though. If, if nothing else, that royal blue. Of course, I like blue, but that might be my thing. But that looks. I think that royal blue looks good. I like it uh, myself. There. I'm not so sure about the rest of it. I don't know. Rose gold. Uh, I don't know if that's fat is going away, but that's apparently what they say it is. But it looks more like it. You know, Sleeping Beauty had a had a dress that kind of went from pink to blue. So maybe having Disneyland Castle look a little pinkish with some royal blue, ro- rose gold makes sense. But this is Cinderella's castle, and I think a lot of people I've seen have made a good point that having it kind of that bluish tone looked more like Cinderella uh, with her blue dress. You know what I mean? So I, you know, I, and I like the way that the castle looked. Heck, if look at the logo for my show and it's that blue style and I don't want to change it to rose gold because I, I don't know. I don't think it looks as good. But like I said, I do love that royal blue on the uh, on the roof uh, bits of the spires. Uh, but anyways, I'm uh, babbling on. Uh, I want to get you straight into the conversation here with the second half of the conversation with Virginia Hankins uh, because it was a good show. Uh, this show, of course, this podcast, you're probably getting it just a little bit late. I had a really blistering headache. Uh, well, I don't know if blistering is the right word. Splitting might be more like as it felt like a hatchet was being driven into my head every once in a while from Friday night through uh, parts of Saturday. Uh, and then Sunday, it was just really, really bad. And it went from feeling like a hatchet to feeling like an axe. But then I wake up this morning and I'm fine, even though I hadn't planned on going to the doctor today. But so, uh, if you're a praying person, please pray for me that this, uh, this headache doesn't come back or that we figure out why I had one for three days. It might've been a, a sudden boost in humidity, which I don't know, maybe it got released today because it's been raining most of this morning. Uh, so that's been the case. Also for anyone who's curious about what's going on or cares about what's going on with my furlough, uh, well, I did get a rejection letter from one of the places I've applied uh, uh, for a television host, but I've always told you, I've got a face for radio, and hopefully the voice for it. Hopefully you enjoy listening to me. <laughs> so, uh, I, yeah, I'm not probably going to be on TV. But anyways, uh, so that's kind of what's been going on with me. Just a brief update. Uh, like I said, I don't know if we'll have a show next week. I've kind of gotten more accustomed to doing a bi-weekly show as during the um, this uh, quarantine time. Uh, well, I guess a lot of people are going back to work. I unfortunately am not fully back to work, but uh, I do plan on making some more videos. I did on Final Fantasy VII Remake. I just completed, I, I finally sat down on it again. Uh, I've been playing a lot of Stardew Valley lately, but uh, I went back to play Final Fantasy VII and I got through all of the simulations. And so I've acquired an item at 
and I don't speak any German, so those of you who can, can it's, it looks like Goddardammerung, but it means Twilight of the Gods. So it's this really nice item that will give you a limit break at the beginning of a battle, and apparently it's going to make defeating Sephiroth on hard mode a lot easier, and I'm probably going to sit down and do that after I get this recording done. So, but that's where I'm, you know, I'm going to put up some gaming videos, I think, again this week. I didn't get any out last week. Uh, I've been doing a mixture between, of course, the Neverland Podcast channel, or also known as Neverland to Disney and Beyond. If you search on YouTube, you'll probably find two different channels, because I've been, I, I experimented with the branding uh, options on YouTube as well. But you can also look up the Spider Pan to find my personal channel, and that's where I'll put up videos of games that maybe aren't as friendly as what I would put on the Neverland channel. But I need to play some more games for both channels and, and put some videos up. I should probably talk more through them as well, but I haven't done that. Anyways, I'm babbling on, but we're going to have a good time. I want to share you uh, with you a few quick facts that I thought were fun. So I had remembered that I had forgotten to ask Virginia a couple of questions that I was curious about because I just got into talking to her, and you'll hear that. We're going to talk about some Disney movies here uh, in this second segment. But uh, when we were talking, as we were using video, uh, her cat hopped up. Uh, I don't know if it's on the back of her chair or just on, on her shoulder, so I'd wonder what her cat's name is. But she has a cute little kitty cat named Rocky. And I had wondered, uh, like, how, how long she could hold her breath underwater and that kind of thing. Uh, and so she did email me back, and here is her exact sentence. She says, I have a max swimming breath hold of 2 minutes, 35 seconds, and a static hold breath of around 3 minutes. My max ocean depth on a single breath of air was around 66 feet. How cool is that? That's a lot better than I could ever do. I can't hold my breath for, I don't know if I can hold my breath for one minute and I can't swim. Only doggy paddle. So anyways, but let's just get right back into it and hear once again from Virginia Hankins. To Disney and beyond. Yeah, that's something else I'm going to do more of. Amazing animals. Yeah. I want, one of these days, I have I have goals mm -hmm. and uh, I, need to, I need to be famous enough to where I can have a ranch. Although I'd have to probably hire some people to help me take care of them because I never don't know how to take care of a horse, a horse yeah. but I'd love horses. Uh, and I want to learn to ride proper because I've, I've done some horseback riding. First time I ever did it was in Colorado and I was probably seven and they wouldn't even let me hold the reins. They wrapped the reins around the, the saddle horn and just told me to hold on to the horn. Uh, second time we went horseback riding. They, it was an early morning breakfast ride. So we were going to ride out to a location and have like a campfire breakfast of eggs and bacon and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But the horses hadn't been fed yet because they don't get to eat until we get to the campsite. Oh, no. So my horse was constantly anything yeah, anything he, he saw that looked edible, he was stopping to look. And he was going after it. And I was just like, okay, no, sorry, buddy. We got to go back. And I remember one time I had to pull him away from some grass that that eye, he just looked back and looked me dead on like, you better quit pulling me away from this. I'm hungry. And yeah. I was like, we're going to be friends later. Trust me. You know, and. And I think yep. the third time I rode, I started to get a little bit. I was a little older. I was in my 20s last time I rode and everything. And I'm starting to learn that, okay, you hold on with your legs. And mm -hmm. so, but I would like to spend more time because I love horses. They're just, just fun. And I think they're smarter sometimes than we give them credit for. Uh, they actually really are. They're about the brain level, about a three to five year old child. Mm. So they do actually understand quite a bit of English as well as language. And they're only two facial expressions off of a primate. So mm. many people just look at a horse and they're like, oh, it just stands there. Um, but they're not actually reading them. Where when you really work with the animals, example, we've all seen Tangled. And mm -hmm. in that we have Maximus, right? The Maximus. oddly enough looks just like Milo the Unicorn, my horse. <laughs> uh, it about the same level of personality too, those two horses. I think he wants to be him when he grows up. Um, <laughs> but that horse is actually really like when a rider gets no horse and the horse opens up because many mm -hmm. times they're reserved when you first meet them. Mm -hmm. And once they know that you want to pay attention to them, oh man, do you get so much personality and they talk with everything from their facial tension to the way they're breathing to their eye movement to their ear movement and a combination of all of the above so they really are only two expressions off of a primate i think the only domesticated animal because horses are domestic in case anyone mm -hmm. doesn't know that they're pets um they've been pets for thousands of years is the dog 
Um, and the dog just happens to have been domesticated longer, so it happens yeah. to just have a bit more human-like expressions. But horses, just like Maximus and Tangled, uh, can actually point to things. They can use some basic tools. Um, they use their mouths to be able to open things, uh, kind of like a crow would. They're problem yeah. solvers. And it's neat because they're also all different types. You have things like Maximus, which is closer to like an Andalusian, or like my horse is an Azteca. He's an Andalusian cross. Or you have something like Angus from Brave, which is a big Shire mm. horse, um, which is a draft horse out of the British Isles. Or you also have like the Arabians in uh, Aladdin, which are pretty fun. And they're the super fast ones that can run across mm -hmm. the sands, which is kind of ironic when you see a lot of movies also put like a draft horse in the middle of like, Saudi Arabia, they would never be there. <laughs> but like in Hollywood magic, they're always there somehow. Um, mm. But yeah, the Arabians in the animated version of Aladdin were spot on. That's exactly what would be there. So I highly encourage you to try it, you know, and that's also during coronavirus, really good social distancing because you're six feet in there and you're six feet from anyone else. So <laughs> you can also like go and exercise, go learn to ride. If you ever yeah. wanted to do, just go. Horses will teach you more about life. And just the world in general, I think, than almost any other animal I know of. They're simply incredible. Yeah, it's, it's funny when you talk about the Hollywood version of how they always get things wrong, like even horses in the wrong spot. The <laughs> one thing that always bugs the Dickens out of me, and I actually have audio of the first time I rode the Jungle Cruise in Walt Disney World. Of me That's trying right. to correct the skipper. <laughs> That's one of my favorite rides. <laughs> and I do love the ride, but they always, in Hollywood and television, you huh? hear a kookaburra and they'll say it's a monkey. And that's clearly the laugh of a kookaburra. That, Wah! Yeah. And so every, and on the Jungle Cruise, that go in there and the, the skipper says, ooh, listen to that monkey. And I'm like, actually, that's that's not a monkey. And I'm like, never mind. I'm like, okay, I'm not supposed to be talking to the skipper that, like that. But you can hear it. So I've got it on audio. But I, it yep. drives me crazy. And it's, it's probably because I'm, you know, my wife's a biology teacher. So, yeah. I, yeah. We and go to, I know animals. You know you know, it's the same thing with costumers, too. You know, when you start really getting into costuming and you start looking at different movies, you know, the nice thing about most of the Disney movies is they're very fantasy. You yeah. know, they're inspired by something that's probably been around several thousand years. However, they've taken their own spin on it. Um, you know, hence why Elsa doesn't ever really need, like, a parka to stay warm. I don't get that <laughs> She's got cold powers. No problem. You know, no, right? Like, I don't understand. This is so foreign to me because, you know, I'm from <laughs> California. We have sun here. Um, but yeah, even the customers, you'll definitely hear them saying stuff. Uh, but, you know, it's one of those also attempts about, are you trying to be historically accurate? Or mm -hmm. are you just trying to have fun and give those, you know, impressions that you probably have of what it was like, not necessarily what it was like, if that makes sense. Yeah, which is, that's Disneyland, that's Main Street. Yeah. It's, it's part of Walt Disney's remembrance of Main Street, because I've been to Marcelinas here in my home state of Missouri. I go all the time. And when you see Main Street there and you compare it to Main Street USC in a Disney park, it's very, very different. But yet yeah. it's and yet it's the same. But it's that fantasy version of what he remembers. So it's you're not getting a real 1930s Main Street. You're getting the imagined fantastic version of Main Street 1930s. And that's what makes the whole park and everything Disney, you know, especially vintage Disney. I'm more into vintage Disney. It yeah. had that level of fantasy. That's why we can yeah. also get away with when an eagle flies by, they scream like a hawk. Because mm -hmm. eagles actually Twitter. If you don't look it up, everybody Google it. The sound an eagle makes. It's it's actually kind of cute. This little beep, 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 beep. It's not a screaming. <laughs> it's not screaming eagle. That doesn't exist. That's yeah. a hawk. It's another thing that Hollywood does that drives me crazy. But it is yeah. It's that fantasy level of stuff, and that's something we as Disney fans we have to expect a little bit of that fantasy. And I even found it funny with the upcoming live action Mulan that people were saying, oh, they're going to make a more realistic Mulan. I'm like, I'm sorry, this is Disney. It's not going to be realistic. Not I'm happening. really excited about that. That was one of the things I was most disappointed about when all the movie theaters shut down. Oh, I was yeah. so excited to see Mulan because I really enjoyed the live action Aladdin. You know, sorry if anyone didn't. Um, I really liked the casting in it. I thought that the lead actress was great, and I really like what they did with her character. But watching the Mulan, the first time I saw the Mulan trailer, it was like, oh, this is neat. Yeah. You know, all of a sudden, one of the Disney princesses, which is one of my favorite, even though she's not technically a princess, but right. yeah, hashtag <laughs> whatever fits in, I guess. Um, but I... Hashtag Mulan could beat them all in a fight anyway. Absolutely. I mean, give uh, put Mulan with Merida and Rapunzel and they will take down the world. I mean, we've got a frying pan and a bow sword and yeah, we're good. There you go. Uh, but 
I was so excited to see that. I can't wait to see the Milan live action because mm-hmm. I think it's going to get a lot of girls really excited again, just like the animated did, about just not only learning about other parts of the world, which is so yeah. important, but, you know, being strong and yet caring about your family and the fact that you can be a well-rounded human being and mm-hmm. the fact that this woman did exist, you know, yeah. in ancient China, she really did exist. And that's just super inspiring. So yeah, I can't wait for the live action Milan. I'm excited for the live action little mermaid to see what they do with it. Um, and just opening even more Disney characters, you know, I really hope Disney keeps reaching out like they did with Moana that's an amazing film. Yeah. It's a beautiful film. It's empowering. It's exciting. And yet it's very human. And, yeah. you know, keep learning from around the world and making role models for so many kids. It's, I, I can't wait to see what Disney is going to come up with next. I think it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Especially one of the things I really liked about Moana is I got a chance to learn a little bit of Polynesian culture. Because especially covering yes. it on the show, I was looking up like, well, who all, who are their gods in the Polynesian culture? Mm-hmm. And so it was kind of neat to kind of look at it where, it, when you blend in their mythology, you've got fantasy right there, which is kind of when you like in Hercules. I I I was mythology club president uh, in my high school. <laughs> nice. Yes, I'll admit it. Total uber nerd. Uh, I I went up from rank from being Hephaestus to Zeus. Okay, I had a rank. I took second in state competition on mythology. I, I okay. I'm admitting in my nerdness. So actually, Hercules bugged me because it wasn't accurate to myth at all. But when you yeah. go back and look at it and just take it for like. How they appreciated the myth and they take away because there's a lot of really bad stuff that a lot of the Greek gods did. When you take that out and just take the fun of it, that's really what that movie did. It's just take the fun of the Greek mythology and and that's what Moana kind of did for like a Polynesian style. And I'd actually kind of like to see, you know, like the animated Mulan, I think they did a nice job of, you know, the Mm -hmm. the faith of their ancestors and having them all the little council and sending Eddie Murphy dragon off. I would like to still see them keep that in this live action. So I'm hoping it's going to be great. I, I've got my hopes up because it looks cool. It looks but good. Sometimes, sometimes when it looks good, sometimes you, you know, like Artemis Fowl looked good to me and then I watched yeah. it. <laughs> so, yeah. And I mean, that also really shows the power of movie magic, right? Whoever the editor right. on certain trailers are like, okay, you earned your job. And then other mm-hmm. trailers, you're like, wait, this looks so average. And I just saw it on the plane flying somewhere. This is incredible. What happened? Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just so much down to editing and oh, how yeah. skilled people are in this industry. But yeah, I can't wait for Milan. I've heard they've changed some stuff up in it. Um, be interesting to see how that is because. I just, I saw it and I got excited, you yeah, know, and whenever, really you know, Disney can do that and just make you feel that I think they are doing such incredible work. Yeah. And I, I kind of like that, that Chi- Chinese culture and that tradition that they have is very fascinating. I, I like even, you know, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, just that fantasy level of, I mean, I mean we're talking about a culture that predates us by like a thousand and more years. Just- and they've had so many different rulers and so many different mm-hmm. dynasties, and their country has changed so dramatically so yeah. many times. You know, a lot of the interesting things, you know, even let's say Cinderella. Um, there's some rumors that Cinderella was actually an ancient Chinese tale. You know, you start going into history, hmm. and sometimes people, the things that we think of Grimm's fairy tales and or, or that era um, might actually be far more ancient. And they might have just, you know, passed through the different countries over yeah. thousands of years. So it's, I, I do hope that Disney, again, does keep pulling from other cultures because yeah. there's so much that we love and we appreciate and we are so blessed to enjoy mm-hmm. with all the princesses we have so far, you know, and hopefully they'll give a couple of awesome princes because I think boys also need really great role models, yeah. you know, to live up to, too. That's um, something I have actually complained about a few times, like, because when you think of every Disney fairy tale, you think of the princesses. And that's fine. I love yeah. them. But I, it's like for women who would complain, like, well, we got of these princesses. Can we, we have something else? I'm like, I'm sorry. How many princes do we have that they're named Charming? And when we look at Snow White, I, I always I, I laugh with my wife that the only thing I remember of the prince in Snow White is one song. And I always say one song. He only has one song. That's all he's got <laughs> in this movie. The yeah. princes always suck in these movies. It wasn't, I think, until like Prince Eric that we finally had one that had personality. <laughs> Yeah, 
Yeah, and it's really fascinating. You know, maybe as you know the genre continues to evolve and there's room for more types of roles, maybe we'll get some princes. Because why shouldn't a princess have a best friend that's a prince? And why can't they both be amazing? And why can't they be equal? You know, yeah. and both have their own incredible talent that builds for an incredible story. You know, from so many different stories around the world, or even you know we also. Many times, you know, Cinderella's been around for a very long time. Snow White's been around a really long time. But the magic of Disney is Disney created an entire land where anything is possible. Yeah. And to, you know, have that hope about, I can't wait to see what Disney's doing next. Because I think that we're getting into an incredible opportunity in modern pop culture where, yeah, like, I hope that we start seeing some incredible role models for young boys that are in some of these movies where they can be equals and they can yeah. help each other and they can both be Dangle. clever and smart and talented. You know, why mm -hmm. not? Um, as well as, you know, anything else, you know, why can't we have a movie, you know, in Africa again? Yeah. It's like, why not? There's so much culture there. Or, you know, go down to South America. They have indigenous stories, too, where if it was appropriate to use the story and tell them some of them are fascinating they have like shape-shifting and they have all these different lore which yeah. you know so many people in america don't even realize they have that yeah. would be so neat to explore and celebrate because we grow up with with your 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 grim's fairy tales we grow up with yeah, those we we absolutely. know the european stories but there's stories around the rest of the world i don't know yeah and when they when they do like when mulan came out we didn't know anything about that over here yeah, so, or very, very little. And all of a sudden it got people yeah. excited saying, oh, this is neat. Let me go learn. Or like you just said about Moana, you enjoyed mm -hmm. the film. So you wanted to go and research the mythology. Like that's the power of Disney. Yeah. Not just give a great story, but give people curiosity to learn about each other. Yeah. And it's like that is such magic. And Disney has yet to have done anything said in India that I can think of other than Jungle Book. But that doesn't yes. get into – I mean India – Look at like Temple of Doom. You have this whole weird culture of like have like a Shiva and uh, oh who was the the evil god there in in Temple of Doom? I can't think. All of a sudden it's gone. But like there's a whole pantheon of interesting stuff from the from culture in India. You could go in Japan, Russia. Have they have Disney ever done a movie that was like in Russia with any of their? No, tales? and you're right. And Russian folklore again has incredible stories yeah. that we don't normally tell uh, that are fascinating. Or I think that Disney, does Disney Jr. have a current um, a set in, or an Indian family where the girl, little girl's a detective? Does that ring a bell? Is that Disney? I don't know. I don't watch Disney Jr. <laughs> okay. I work with a lot of kids, so I tend to try to keep yeah, abreast of what's going on with Disney Jr. I yeah. think they actually might have a new show about a little girl who's from an Indian family that actually wants to be a detective when she grows up. Cool. And I saw a preview from it uh, somewhere on the internet about a month ago, but it was neat to see them do that. Um, yeah. Or honestly, like Elena of Avalor, the kids cartoon show with the Latina princess. Mm -hmm. um, fascinating show. Just neat beautiful it's uh really really neat and also encourages a lot of kids to learn a different language because they mix it into that show yeah. yeah that's how i even learned stuff about sign language was sesame street because they had the nice. one the one lady mm -hmm. who was signing all the time and i you know when you're little you first you don't understand then you're like she's talking to people with their hands yeah and it, it, it's kind of mind-blowing so you have that opportunity to like hey you know there's a whole world of stories that maybe you're not normally getting. So I think that's that's one of the things, nice things about some of our modern world is we are getting a lot more of those stories. I'm like, you know, just where you, you don't just hear of, you know, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs when you're little. Now you can hear stories from around the world. And I think there's it's a whole we got a whole other topic we got into. But there's wait. a whole world I'm of so stories excited. I want to see. Yeah, I, I really hope storytellers take it to heart and know that they can make a difference and inspire mm -hmm. people. And it's okay to do something new because, you know, one of the shows I run uh, with the mermaids is we work with a children's aquarium in California called Ocean Institute. And mm -hmm. every September, we actually take over a big part of the aquarium. We bring a ton of professional mermaids in from my team. And we do shows where they have neat. a giant tank. And it's really neat because that particular aquarium is incredibly 
pro-child, pro-education, and they're also very open-minded, um, which means that I can go in with a pitch, and if they like it, I can run it. So mm. the show that's been there for the last three years that we bring in every September, you know, again, leveraging if you're a creative in the position to, you know, use that Disney magic, use whatever magic you have, use your storytelling, your imagination to create a new role. Um, that show is called Aqua ASL. And we talk about how do mermaids communicate underwater. Oh, fun. <laughs> because, you know, the entire talking underwater doesn't really work yeah. actually in real life. So we actually teach the kids basic ASL and present cool. it as a mermaid, you know, solution to how do you talk underwater. And, <laughs> and we really empower um, kids to get excited about it. And the deaf community, thankfully, has been incredibly supportive of it they love our show and you know sometimes like we'll have a mom come up crying and they're like thank you so much for doing this you don't understand and it's like i know i don't understand but then she'll go on and she says it's like you just made me proud that my child knows this you know mm -hmm. or something like that but that's also you know as storytellers and as you know, heroes or heroines or princesses or whatever in our own life that really develop skills, try new things. We can also look for opportunities to make a new character. And yeah. that can be super fun. If everything looked the same, it would be a very boring world. Mm -hmm. You know, when all of a sudden people think a different way because of the way that their culture raised them or the way that their language even teaches them to think about the world, you have such a different perspective that is just neat. The more rules that are open for more and more types of people, whether it be a bold or a shy or, you know, dark skin, light skinned, you know, from whatever country, suddenly all of us are in that fantasy. And yeah. then everyone has somebody they can relate to, you know, regardless of who they are. Um, so, yeah, I'm grateful that they're opening rules. Um, but I agree with you. Like, I don't think that there's anything wrong for creating brand new roles exactly. that people can celebrate and live in, that they don't have any preconceived notions of, that they can fall in love with that character for the purity that it is as a unique individual. Because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, that's all what people are. We're all yeah. unique individuals that each have our own contribution. Yeah. And other people can be very fascinating if you take the time to listen and talk to people. Absolutely. See, we've got a good story from you. Of course, we knew you had a bunch of cool stuff you were doing anyway. But <laughs> you. you never know when you talk to people who they like because you got to meet a World War II veteran. And you yeah. didn't expect that to happen. I actually in a museum here in Kansas City, my wife and I were just kind of visiting and there was a section that was still kind of they were putting a new exhibit in under construction. But they just had a guy that it was a World War II veteran. They just wanted him to be around to talk about so they, they were building some new World War II uh like like propaganda and ads and everything. And so he they just said, well, won't you come and just hang out and talk to people as we're showing people this new World War II stuff? And we didn't even know what was there, but it's like, we've now got to meet somebody and hear stories that we would never have heard. And he was talking, even he was on a ship that was in a kamikaze attack and he was talking about, you know, watching his friends going into the water and all, you know, it's like people have stories. And, you know, sometimes you hit the jackpot and you have that amazing stories of survival. And sometimes you just, they're, People have funny stories because funny things yes. happen to everybody. So, yeah. I don't yeah. know if I had a point to that. But, yeah, it's like going, no, knowing other people, knowing other cultures. Yeah, and... you know, give 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 the opportunity for new roles and you don't know where it's going to take you. And you could come up with one of the most successful characters of all time. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm grateful that Disney seems to be testing that out, you know, mm -hmm. like Moana, for example. And – Gosh, if I was five years old, I want to be Moana when I grew up. She can talk to the ocean. Yeah, yeah she was friends with the ocean. She didn't have to learn to swim. The, the ocean carried her, man. That's pretty that cool. would be nice? The real yeah. ocean do that. Yeah. And one thing I also really liked about Moana is, okay, granted, yes, we have Dwayne the Rock Johnson, so we have our celebrity name. But I like that they found an unknown actress to play the lead. I like that, too. I like that. And she does job she was fantastic I, she was so good and uh you know we, we have so much in animation and I, I i mainly say this because i've gotten to talk to the voice actors yes they they always get these they want a big celebrity name to attach and disney's very guilty of this themselves they want the celebrity name to attach when it used to not matter it used to be they just got somebody who was just really good maybe we've never heard of them but we're gonna love the what they i mean look this jody benson we didn't know who she was before she was ariel Right. Uh, even you know, Paige O'Hara as, as Belle. I mean, that was the 90s. We we might have somebody with, you know, Jerry Orbach is in Beauty and the Beast, but he's a side character. He's not the main. But I, I like getting people who are just talented mm -hmm. and we don't know their names, but we get to now experience new talent because 
of their what people voice actors are amazing what they can do yes. with their voice and especially the ones that can it's sing unreal. it's so it's, incredible and they're so fun to talk to you know and I appreciate that I, I, a lot of people now are starting to be able to come together and go to conventions and meet the people who have voiced all these characters they love when they were kids. And I, I, I loved meeting Bill Farmer. He was just such a, a peach. And I just, he's got a new show on Disney+. Plus. By the way, if y'all haven't been watching The Dog's Life with Bill Farmer, it's a great show. And Bill Farmer, he's just so charming in person. And it's, it's really funny when he gets a dog and he does the Pluto bark. Oh, <laughs> that's fantastic. Yeah. Bill Farmer's great. It's interesting, you know, I think you, with any cast or crew or team, it's really about making sure that you have the right people in the right places. Yeah. You know, because it's like, Dwayne Johnson was the perfect Maui. Yeah, he was oh, so good. He really was. That man is so talented. It's <laughs> unreal. And at the same time, yeah, you know, doing that little extra work to go find the right girl from Moana. Mm -hmm. And they killed it. And now everyone oh, knows yeah. her name. You know, thank you so much for doing this podcast because like you yourself are helping to connect people with voices mm -hmm. they might not ever hear before. And, you know, maybe during the interviews, they might hear that little nugget and be like, oh, that sounds interesting. And maybe you'll also just inspire them to learn today. So thank maybe. you for all the hard work that goes into editing a podcast. I know oh, that, yeah. you know, uh, I do a podcast for work. Uh, it takes time. Mm -hmm. And uh, I very much value, you know, what you do. Thank you for doing this. And, you know, if your fans haven't said it today, like, thanks for connecting us with stuff that, you know, still delights and inspires us. Because especially right now in the world, it's yeah. good to have a happy thought. Yes. And we, we, we live on happy thoughts around here. This is Neverland. And I actually have one of our, our mementos or mottos, which uh, my best friend got me. It's hanging up here on the wall right above the computer screen. It says, grow wise, grow strong but never grow up. And we live on that. Of course, our other thing is say, I always like to tell people, keep a pixie in your pocket. And a pixie is what we call that nice, positive, young at heart attitude. And you have it in your pocket, it's easy to pull it out and share it with somebody. Love it. Mm, yes. Yeah. So that is, that is our goal. You've just, you've, you've nailed it. That's some positive and some fun because doggone it, we need some. But now, now if one, people want to have some fun with you, uh, you've got a couple of websites and I want to make sure we get those out there. Yeah. She Rose Entertainment. Mm -hmm. And I believe it was a .com. Let me pull it back yes. up. I had it up here. Because you do have yeah. your own. I'm looking at your VirginiaHankins.coms as well. Yeah. So um, for my production company in Hollywood, it's called She Rose Entertainment. S-H-E-R-O-E-S. -E -E it's basically female heroes. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's all experiential theme parties. So like say somebody wants to throw the most amazing 30th birthday and they love sword fighting. My crew <laughs> coordinates that. You know, brand launches come to us all the time with new products or influence through activations for like DVD releases, that kind of stuff to get people immersive experiences to try. And that's uh, also, you know, uh, the parent company of LA Mermaid School, where you can actually learn if you're ever visiting California from one of our instructors. And we provide the mermaid tail rentals, and we actually teach you from the ground up of how to be a real-life mermaid. Cool. And Milo the Unicorn is M-I-L-O. Milo the Unicorn. I highly check I recommend checking out my unicorn's website. Um, he's fabulous. Just <laughs> leave it at that. Pink, purple, glitter, happy thoughts. Uh, <laughs> it's... Yeah, he's amazing. And actually, he is doing Zoom calls with now uh, because all of us are online. So you can actually book a unicorn Zoom call with me and Milo. And oh. all of the money on those Zoom calls actually goes directly to pay for his feed and food and care. Oh, so 100% of it goes to the animal. <laughs> and you do have a book available on Amazon. Let's see. Where was it? Ah, yes. Be a Real Life Mermaid. And that is an amazing book for anyone that wants some crafty ideas. Maybe you're stuck at home this summer and look, want to do some recipes and some sewing and learn some mermaid trivia. It's all in there. It's kind of a hodgepodge, amazing book about mermaids by Ulysses Press. I think I need to buy it for my wife because my wife wanted to be a mermaid when she was little. Which is probably why she <laughs> swims really well. And she ended up being a lifeguard in high school. So I'm like, yep. it had to come from wanting to be a mermaid. It's tonight. amazing. Like, you know, uh, most mermaids are lifeguards, at least for my company. They have to be a lifeguard <laughs> to work for me. Yeah. Um, because, you know, they're the first in line. If someone's in mm -hmm. trouble, you know, those fins uh, have a pretty good kick to them. And you can help somebody get out of the way. Now, how cool would it be if you're drowning and you get rescued by a mermaid? I mean, you're living the Prince Eric fantasy right there. That some mermaid saves you. You know, I'll give you a, a hookup there. If you want to read that particular story, go, um, and it's Jessica Sanders, and she has a series called Rescue Sirens. Oh. Her <laughs> husband was involved with Lilo and Stitch and Mulan. 
So if you want kind of that interesting, like Disney relation, um, they're there. It's a great book. Jess did an amazing job. She was also a lifeguard. Uh, so it's this incredible series about a group of amazing girls from around the world that actually work as lifeguards and help people. Awesome. That well, also Virginia, <laughs> well, once again, everybody, Virginia Hankins, H-A-N-K-I-N-S. Thanks for coming on to the show. This was a lot of fun. You know, we just kind of. I, I, I don't so much interview as I just have fun conversations and we geek out on stuff. Thank and you I think so we did pretty good. I really appreciate <laughs> it. It was a great time. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past. And here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future. Disneyland is dedicated to the ideals, the dreams, and the hard facts that have created America. With the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. Alrighty, so I selected something to listen to today. And it's something I don't think we've heard before. And it is a return of good old Lost Boy Jesse. I know we haven't talked to him in a very long time. I still talk to him on Facebook, uh, but we haven't had him on the show, but he's still got a lot of audio he sent me a while back at a Friends of the Magic uh, event. But uh, he did something kind of special and unique that I think is very uniquely Disneyland. And so I wanted to share it with you. So take it away, Jesse, live from Disneyland. Well, at least it was live when he recorded it, and he is still alive, so it counts. We're standing in front of Sleeping Beauty's castle right now, and I am going to do something I have not done before, and I am going to attempt to ride the different vehicles of Main Street, the um, horse-drawn carriage, the fire engine, the omnibus, and the horse's carriage. Should be an interesting background loop as we go, and might hear some interesting park trivia or audio. So let's give it a try. That's cute. Isn't it? Yeah. So the back is the bell all the way 
lot of people want to walk the bigger the horse, the more visible he is. run to Crawley and we did pass Scott and Tracy from Disney Indiana during the ride. So hello to them. <laughs> Up next will be the double decker omnibus. Is there a preference? Huh? Top or bottom, is there a preference? No, it's uh, your choice.
Welcome. Have a good day now. You too. One more. Thank <laughs> you. 
अभी ये वाली आंसर दी देंगे नहीं अरे फिर हर बालों को नापेट में दी फिर एक आहारी बाला ना पुलवाने का दी एक वो दे एक क्या बात है
for listening to the Neverland Podcast. We invite you back next week for more fun and adventure. Until then, remember to keep a pixie in your pocket. It's that young at heart, positive attitude that you can share with others. And remember to visit our website at NeverlandPodcast.com. There you can find links to our news page, our shop, our contact page, where you can easily send an email to podcast at NeverlandPodcast.com. You can also find our Neverlanders page, where you can find out how to become an official Lost Boy or Pixie, because girls are too clever to get lost. Become a real Neverlander! Please feel free to leave us a voicemail at 816-226-6492. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at NeverlandPCast. And like our Neverland Podcast fan page on Facebook. We also have a group on Facebook for you to join. We also appreciate your support to keep the Neverland Podcast up and running. Visit Patreon.com slash Neverland Podcast to donate to Keeping the Pixie Dust Alive. Copyright content featured on the Neverland Podcast is copyright of their respective creators and used under fair use license. All original content is copyright of Blue Band Productions and a very special thanks to Yeehaw Bob Jackson at yeehawbob.com for our new ending music. God bless! Yeah! Hello everybody, this is Yeehaw Bob Jackson. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, we love you. Neverland Podcast, it's true. Neverland Podcast, we love you.